0: We love you, Orlando. Love you, man. Come on, come on. Wasn't that exciting seeing your wife get baptized this morning? That was awesome. All right, anyways, let's get into it this morning. Uh, we're gonna get right into it. I'm gonna put up on the screen a, a scan code for the e groups that are gonna be opening here in the fall session here at Elevate Ministries. Um, if you just open up your phone, your, your, your photo app, and you, you just kind of hold it there, that will populate all of the small groups that are gonna be opening up here just in the next couple of weeks. Um, you can see all of the ones that are available. If you have the Elevate Ministries app, you can just go on the app and you can, you can get all of the same information. Uh, but I, I just wanna give that to you just right there at the beginning of this message. And, and the reason I want you to have that at the beginning is because we, we are continuing with a two week series Last week I spoke about the importance of community, the importance of relationships, and today we're gonna be right along in that same vein today because we believe that it's important to be in relationship. Somebody say amen. It's important to have community. There's a time when you need, you need someone that you can lean on. There's a time, every one of us are gonna go through different seasons in our life where we're gonna need somebody that we can count on. Has has anybody ever gone through a time when you needed someone that you could count on? And I'm grateful that the Lord has, 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 has built the church. He designed the church to be that community for us. And I'm so grateful for it. So we're gonna, be, we're gonna be finishing up this series today, but basically it's all in an effort to help you get, get, get in community. And one of the ways you can get in community is through our e-groups, and right there is your, is your pathway to that, amen. The Bible says in Genesis 2.28, right at the beginning of, of creation, I mean, we're talking one chapter in on the Bible. I mean, right at the very, very beginning, God said, he said this, It is not good, somebody say not good. It is not good for man to be alone, so I'm gonna make a helper suitable for him. So the first thing that God said was not good was for man to be alone. And here's the crazy part, up until that point, everything he said was good. Like everything, that up until right here, everything that had happened, God looked at it and said, it's good. So God said, let there be light light appeared and God said it is good right and then God said let there be a firmament and and and, and there it was and God says it 's good, and he said, let let, their, let dry land appear, and land appeared, and God said it's good and then God says let let 's fill the, the, the land with plants and vegetables and herbs and flowers and trees and bushes and he looked at it all and said it's good and then he said, he said, you know what let's, let's fill this with some living things and so he created the birds and the bees he created animals and giraffes and rhinoceroses and, and hippopotamuses and all of those things he looked at it all and all the fish and the birds and he says, it is good. And then on the sixth day, everything got an upgrade. Because on the sixth day, God created Adam. He created man and he looked at it and, and he looked at man and said, that is very good. So up until this point, everything's been good. Then God creates man and he says, he says, man, and he goes, now that, that is very good. Which tells me this, and this is off off sermon, all right? This is off topic, which tells me this that you actually improve creation. That everything got an upgrade when man showed up on the planet and somehow in our world today, the greatest thinkers and all the critical thinkers of our world today have somehow put up this whole idea that man is the problem. That man is the problem with the earth. The problem with the world is humans. That somehow we are destroying the planet, all of our carbon emissions and all of our barbecues and all that stuff is contributing to global warming and humans are the problem. I'm here today to tell you that is, an ex- that, that is in direct opposition to what God actually said. He said when, God, when he created man, he said, now that is very good, all right? So there is a problem in the world. The problem is not humans. The problem is sin. (laughs) The problem is sin. And sin is a problem that humans have. But here's the thing. Humans aren't the problem. Don't let anybody tell you that. Uh, Any of these crazy environmentalists and all these stupid people that try to push that down your throat, they're lying to you. Tell them the truth of God's word. God looked at man and said, now this is very good. Will You improve creation. All right, so God's looking down on creation. Everything is good and very good, but the first thing that God says is not good, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. Now I remember reading this at the beginning of the year and it hit me, wait a second, Adam's not alone. Adam's not, I mean, it's not good for, God says it's not good for man to be alone, but here's the thing, Adam, Adam wasn't alone, Adam had God. It just kind of hit me like, like the Bible kind of says that, that, that Adam had this perfect relationship with God. There was no sin. So he's got perfect fellowship with God and God has perfect fellowship with Adam. And the Bible kind of, kind of describes that, that they would walk through the garden in the cool of the day, like they had a daily encounter. Can you imagine that? I mean, what an amazing thing that would have been. So Adam's not alone, Adam's got God. And not only does Adam have God, but Adam also has purpose. Because, because God said, Adam, what I want you to do with your time is I, I know you you're you created to, 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 to be productive, and so what I want you to do is I want you to name every, every creature. I want you to name every animal. I want you to, I want you to name every plant. And so, so Adam, not only does he have a perfect relationship with God, but now he's industrious, he's got purpose, he's fulfilling his destiny. I mean, I mean the thing is, he's probably far from lonely. He's probably, he's, he's enjoying all of God's creation. He's enjoying relationship with God. But even still, God looked down and said, it's not good. You ever think about that? Like he said, "He said it's, it's not good for man to be alone. And what God was saying in that moment to Adam and to us is he was saying, I'm not enough. Now I know that's tweaking all of your spiritual brains, like everything you've ever learned, that like, he's all I need, he's all I need. Well, Jesus, I mean, God in this moment is kind, of, is kind of like throwing a monkey wrench into that whole line of thinking. Because basically when he says it's not good for man to be alone, what he was actually saying in that moment is, is Adam, I'm not enough. Like, like you, need, you need bone of your bone, you need flesh of your flesh, you need familia. You need connection, you need you need fellowship, you, you need family, and yes, you need that divine relationship, and yes, you need that God relationship, that prophetic voice in your life. All that stuff is very important, but, but here's, here's the thing, that's not all you need. you need. You need connection on a human level. So God says it's not good for you to be alone, so guess what, Adam, I'm putting you to sleep, I'm pulling out your... worse isolated, we just do worse isolated, here's the thing, God said it is not good for man to be alone, let me tell you who heard it that day, not only did Adam hear that but Satan heard that and so Satan thinks to himself well if it's not good for man to be alone then my strategy will be to get man alone So I'm gonna do everything in my power. I'm gonna create all kinds of different things that will happen in people's lives that will cause them to go seek isolation instead of community. And so the enemy is always trying to do that. He's trying to put fear in us. He's trying to cause us to push towards isolation. And he's done it so many different ways throughout history. most of which we can see happening right here in our world present time with, with all of the things that have happened over the last couple of years. And what we've seen as a result of isolation is people sinking deep into despair. We've seen people's futures shipwrecked. We've seen people that, that, that once were hopeful, their hope has been lost. And here's the truth. Isolation did not do what it was intended to do. Because maybe it sounded good to isolate, but we can see now that what God said back in Genesis applies today, that it's not good for man to be alone. Are you with me today? What we know isolation did is it it escalated depression. It, It raised addiction and suicide and suicidal thoughts. It did increase abuse. It did increase tension and alcoholism, all of these things. Isolation escalated all of the wrong things, but that shouldn't surprise us because in Genesis 2, God said it is not good for man to be alone. Are you with me today? They actually have done studies and what they've concluded is that isolation actually shuts down the the part of your brain that is stimulated through learning. And so you have kids who at one point were very successful in their studies, now struggling, now, now receiving poor marks and poor grades, and why, because they're trying to learn in isolation and it doesn't work. Ask any student, ask any teacher, it's a wasted year, it's been a wasted time, kids trying to learn on their own. We should have known this because God said in Genesis chapter two, it is not good for man to be alone. The, the data actually shows that if you're isolated long enough that it has a tremendous effect on the human body. Actually, isolation produces a stress level that that, that actually creates um, effects as if you're smoking cigarettes, 15 cigarettes a day. They said that the stress level that's caused by isolation is the same stress level as if you're being punched in the face. So it's like people have been being punched in the face over and over again for 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 an un, for an unlimited amount of time. Amen. So 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 we should have known this was the, the case because God said all the way back in Genesis 2, it is not good for man to be alone. If you look at the mass shootings and they begin to they begin to interview people that that live next door to the to the perpetrator, they'll say, "Hey, you know, did you know him? Did you have any relationship with him?" And they go, "Oh, well, well, you know, I didn't know him very well. He kind of kept himself, didn't really get out much. He was just kind of an isolated person. Listen, isolation is not good. It's not good. You need other people. You do well in community. Somebody say amen today. We flourish. Human beings flourish in community. We do terrible by ourselves. If you look at Jesus' ministry and you just follow his ministry, Jesus did his ministry in community a lot of times you'd see him he's across a table he's he's in fellowship with 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 people and that's the case for all of us you need fellowship in, in the apostle the apostle paul in 1 Timothy he talked about people that were shipwrecking their faith and and i've seen many people over the course of ministry and being in church pretty much my, my entire life, I've watched people shipwreck their relationships with others and ship their, shipwreck their relationship with God because, because we, need, we need relationship. And the one ship that won't sink is the fellowship. All right, if you wanna stay afloat, if you wanna survive the storms, the ship you need to be on is fellowship. Can somebody say amen today? It's the ship that can weather the storm. And all of us are gonna go through storms in our life. It's the one ship that's not gonna sink in the middle of your crisis. It's, it's fellowship. When you go through a catastrophe and, you, and your heart is broken, the ship you need to be on is fellowship. Fellowship makes you healthy. Somebody shout amen. You're weird without fellowship. You need other people. So, so, so what, is, what is fellowship? We, we see the, the word first pop up in, in the Bible in Leviticus. And the same Hebrew term, we see it again in the New, New Testament, and it's, it's the word koinonia in the Greek. Koinonia, which means communion. And, and you get this picture of, of coming together and, 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 and sharing one with another and partnering together. It's a shared relationship. So yes, we need a relationship with God, but, God, but a relationship with God, it produces relationships with others. It's a shared relationship. When we come into the house of the Lord, we come into the church, it's a community of shared relationship. We, we share together in our faith, come on. We share together in our purpose. We, we share in our work for God. We share in suffering. We mourn together. We celebrate together. We, we're convicted together, come on. We hope together. These are all things that happen in the context of relationships. Are you with me today? I mean, when you actually think about it, why does God indwell a believer? Because we, we don't just say a prayer and somehow that just makes us right with God and that's all. No, no, we believe that the spirit of God actually comes inside of us. That when we accept the Lord into our life, the relationship is that Jesus indwells us. He fellowships with us in the, in the real sense of the word. In 1 Corinthians one, it says, it says that God is faithful and he has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, all right? So when we give our life to Christ, every one of you that have accepted Jesus, every one of you that have believed in Christ to save you, that means you've been indwelled by the Spirit of God. You have fellowship with God, all right? And when we have fellowship with God, we can see from Scripture that the result of that is fellowship with others. What, what comes out of your relationship with God is a relation naturally a relationship with others. We see that in 1 John. It says, if we, if we claim to have fellowship with God and still walk in darkness, we're not we're not we're, we're lying and we're not telling the truth. But if we have fellowship with him, okay, or if we're walking in the light, we have fellowship with him. Look what happens resulting with that is we have fellowship one with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. And so a natural outflow of your relationship with God is relationship with other people. It, it's naturally, it's what happens. And it's obvious that, that, that when you read the Bible, you can see time and time again, the first church in the book of Acts. As they, as they begin to serve the Lord after Jesus had ascended into heaven, what you see is them beginning to, to live in fellowship. They're sharing their personal possessions. They're, they're helping each other. They're, they're, they're working together. They're, they're sharing in their blessing. They're sharing in suffering. It's, it's a fellowship that's happening. And when you read the Bible and when you study it, you recognize that our salvation leads to a partnership with Christ. That every one of us that are saved today, we, we, are, we are in partnership together with God. We're, we're, we're victorious in Christ. Come on, we, 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 we share in the sufferings of Christ as believers. We, we have new life with Christ. It's a partnership that salvation produces and naturally flowing from the partnership that we have with God is fellowship with other people. Look at, look at Matthew 18 the importance of of fellowship. You can see it in Jesus' words. He says, wherever two or three come together or gather together, wherever wherever there's relationship in my name, he says, I'm right there in the middle of it. Look how important relationships are to God. If they're important to God, they should be important to us. Are you hearing me today? They should be important to us. Real life change happens in the context of relationships. A lot of times we think that, well, life change, change happens when I show up at church. You know, when I get touched by God in a worship service. And that's true, we, we, believe, we believe God can touch you. But real life change happens in relationships. It doesn't happen because you attended a school or, or you know certain things. It, it doesn't happen be, based on what you understand. Real life, your life is gonna be impacted by the people that are around you. It's it's some of the most important decisions you make is who you're gonna be in relationship with, amen. That's why Jesus said right here in this scripture, if you'll be intentional about your gatherings, then I'll be intentional to show up and do something pretty powerful. And that's why we have connect groups, e-groups here at Elevate Ministries. This is why, it's one of the ways, it's not the only way, but it's one of the ways, it's, it's our way of helping you get in relationships. And, and that's why we're constantly encouraging you to, to make relationships. That's why we have the 45 seconds. And I know it's not enough time, but that's why we have that. We encourage you, turn around, shake someone's hand, give someone a hug, find someone you don't, do not know, welcome them to church. Why are we doing that? Because we're encouraging fellowship. We're encouraging relationship. And, and one of the ways that we do that is through e-groups. It's a, it's, a, it's a way that we can help you make important and necessary connections for your life. Somebody say amen. So, so today, I know many of you in here are thinking different reasons why you can't be in community and why you can't be a part of an e-group, and, and, and all of these different things, you're already in your mind, you're formulating excuses, and we all do this from time to time, especially when someone's preaching, you're arguing all the different reasons why you can't do it. Some of you are doing that right, very, right now, and so, so today what I wanna do is I wanna tell you right now, my goal in this message is to convince you that your life will be better in community. So I'll give you this verse and we'll talk about it a little bit and then we'll jump into it. Ecclesiastes 4. The Bible says this, look at it together. There was a man who was all alone. Somebody say all alone. He was all alone. He had neither son nor brother. Now, now a lot of times we read this, well, he, his family's not with him. But that's, not, that's not what it's talking about. It's saying he had no relationships. And that, that, also, that also means he's not just talking about biological relatives. It's also saying he had nobody that was really close to him. He had no relationships, and, and look what it says next. It says, and there was no end to his toil. In other words, he had no relationships, and because of that, life didn't work. That, that's what it's saying. He's, he's never content, and so, so you get this picture of this guy, he's trying to make life work. He's working harder. He's making more money. He's getting himself different hobbies, he's, but, but it, didn't, it didn't scratch the itch that's, that he had inside because every one of us, the only way we can actually be satisfied and truly content is in the context of relationship. I remember when I, was, when I first got married, one of, the, one of my first major purchases was a Sea-Doo. All right? It was a sea dew, and, and you gotta know, in my life, I was raised in Kingman, Arizona, and one of the, the greatest things that I remember doing as a kid was going with my dad out on the boat. And we would, we would go, we take camping trips, or we'd take, take weekend trips, we'd go out on the boat, we'd have a great time. You know, we didn't have the beach like, like, like all you Southern California people have. We had. We had Lake Mojave, and we had the time of our life. We would just go out there and have a fantastic, a lot of my childhood memories that I remember was on a lake. And so in my mind, what's going to make me happy is to get back out on the lake and zip around on, 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 you know, with, with, with an engine, you know, like just zip around and have some fun. And so, so I couldn't afford a boat, and so the next best thing is a sea-do. I think like, that's going to that's fix it. I'm going to get a sea-do, but I found out very fast that, that having a sea-do, yeah, that's cool. Like you can do flips and jumps and, and you, can, you can zip around, but no one's there to see you. You know what I mean? Like you, can, you do a 360 and you kinda of look around, no one cares, no, no one's there to celebrate it with. I, 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 became, I, I became aware very fast that, that what I needed was not a sea dew, what I needed was a boat, amen? Because then you can have everybody with you, all right? But, but here's, the, here's the truth and what you need to understand is that we were created to share in, in relationship. And here's this guy, there's no end to his toil. He's never happy because he's all alone. He has has nobody with him. And so the most important decisions that you'll ever make in your life is who you're gonna do life with, the relationships that you have. Walking alone never works. Just get it in your brain right now, it never works. And so I'm gonna give you a few reasons that people avoid fellowship and, and we're just gonna expose them, we're just gonna throw them out there. And, and I know some of you, this is your, these are your excuses and so let's we'll just get them out there in the open right now. The first, the first reason I think people avoid fellowship, avoid relationships is because they're just ignorant. The reason you're not in fellowship today, the answer is I'm ignorant, all right? That is not an excuse, all right? But truthfully, you genuinely do not know you need this as bad as you do. Every person in here, you need fellowship. And you're thinking, no, I don't. I do just fine by myself. No, you don't. It is not good for man to be alone. God established that all the way at the beginning. And so you're no longer ignorant. You are now enlightened that you need relationship. All right, so that's your first excuse. The second excuse that most people have as a reason why they're not in relationship is because of their personality. You say, well, it's my personality. You know, I'm not really, I don't have an outgoing personality. I'm kind of shy and, and I don't really wanna, you know, just show up at someone's house. That's a little bit, it's a little bit, or meet them in a restaurant. And, and, and I would say, I understand that, but it's still not a good excuse. Your personality, God created it, and he also said, it's not good for you to be alone, all right? So if he created your personality, he also created you with a need for relationships, even with that personality, and so, 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 so that, that excuse doesn't matter. Maybe the third excuse, you're thinking to yourself, the reason I don't engage in fellowship is because I'm afraid. Like, what's gonna happen if I go? And we all have this picture in our mind of showing up at a small group, like knocking on the door, and everybody answered the door. You know what I mean? They're all there already. And, and they're like, oh, come on, we've been waiting for you. And they're, they're all just kind of surround you. And you guys walk in the house together and, and all the chairs are already set up and yours is in the middle, right? Everybody's all around you. Oh, we're so glad you came. We've, we've, we've produced this Bible study just for you. Just tell us everything about your life. And there you're sitting and you've got to expose the deepest, darkest secrets. And they're gonna pray and you, you have this picture of like exorcism happening. They're casting demons and pulling all kinds of, all right. I, I have an outgoing personality, but I can relate to these feelings because every time you go somewhere for the first time, it is a little bit weird, right? It's a little bit awkward the first time you, you meet with someone. But but I want to I want to put you at ease. What I just described only occasionally happens at E groups. Not every time. So so don't so rest assured you'll you'll be fine. All right. so, so maybe you're saying, well, I'm afraid. I, 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 that's, an, that's, an, that's a reasonable excuse, but I, I wanna put you at ease. Come on, relationships is what God created you for. You can get beyond the little bit of nervousness and a little bit of feelings that you have. Maybe, maybe for you, your, your excuse or your reason for not engaging in a relationship is maybe because of your past ex- experiences. Maybe you've been burnt. Maybe you've been hurt, even at church. How I many know you can get hurt in the church? It happens, people are, are flawed, people make mistakes, people say mean things, people do dumb things. And so you can get hurt even in, even in the house of God, you can get hurt because people aren't perfect. And some of us, we've been wounded relationally. We're carrying that wound today and a lot of times what what happens is we say, you know what, I'm never gonna allow myself to feel that pain again. I'm gonna avoid that pain at all costs and that means I'm not gonna be able to engage in close relationships because I don't wanna experience that again. We've gotta be careful and I wanna caution everybody in this room, we gotta be careful that we don't let our past experiences stop us from the best that God has for our future, amen. We, don't, we can't allow what happened last, last year to keep us from what God has for us this year. And so your past experiences, although that is a, that, that is a reasonable uh, excuse, it still doesn't fly because God said, it's not good for you to be alone, all right? Number, number five, and this is probably the most used one, is we say the reason I'm not engaged in community and relationships is because I'm too busy. I'm already busy. I, I got, I got, I'm, I'm doing stuff eight nights a week. And so the question I'm asking, What I wanna ask you is this is, I wonder how many things you're not doing that you should be doing and your life would be better if you were doing. I wonder how many things in our schedule contribute nothing to our life. You know what I'm talking about? I wonder how many things that you have on your schedule, in your calendar or or on the to-do list that contribute nothing to your life. I wonder wonder if you wouldn't say, you know what, I'm not gonna allow my schedule to to tell me how I'm gonna live. I'm gonna actually schedule the things that God says are good for me. Fellowship is one of those things. We need relationships. Somebody shout amen. Romans 12, five says this. So since we are all one body in Christ, the Bible says we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. And so the truth of the matter is, is we need each other. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need me. Come on, tell them. And turn to the person you just ignored and tell them, you need me too. You need me too. We we need each other. Now I went through a leadership training years back and I took notes on on it and and I wanna share some of those notes with you today. And this, this leadership training was kind of exposing the different aspects or the different areas of our life in community. Now all of us, we live in community, but we have different aspects to the way we conduct community. So I wanna kinda of share, share those four aspects and then drive home your need for community, is that okay? So the first aspect of our lives, all of us have this, this area in our life that we're gonna call the arena, the arena. And the arena is the place that, that I know and you know. It's that, it's that peace in our lives, there's, there's some things that today I know about you just because you're here at 10 o'clock on a Sunday. I don't need to know your name to know something about you today you're here because there's something in your life that draws you to the things of God. I, I, don't, I don't need to know your name to worship alongside you. I don't need to know your name. Today, Today I don't know everybody's name in here, but we all, we all prayed and agreed for Afghanistan. We prayed for this hurricane. We, we believe God together to push back the fire. See, I, I, that, that's something that you know and I know about, about us. We, we're people of faith. That's, that's why we're, we're here today. And, and it's the area of our lives, we all have it. It's a good thing because we love the arena. That's why we love going to a concert. Like when you go to a concert, the, the one thing that is in common is we're all excited to hear these songs and to watch this artist. And we're gonna sing, we don't know everybody's name that's there, but isn't it fun to kind of look around and sing along with, 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 with whoever we're there watching? That's why we love going to a baseball game. We love being in a crowd of people, wearing the same colors, cheering for the same outcome. It's the arena. How many, how many know you need the arena in your life? We love the arena. Can you imagine if you were going to a baseball game and no one was there but you? Like there's something, that's why, that's why we go to a game. That's why we go to a concert. That's why we watch a movie in a theater. It's the arena of our lives, it's why we go to church. It's not the same online. How many, know, how many can say amen to that? So we need the, the arena, and I don't have to know your name to be in the arena with you. And a lot of our lives, we find our, it's the public side of, of who we are, and, 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 and I don't have to know your name, but I, I know something about you, and you know something about me, and, and, we're, and, and somehow we're connected in that way. It's the arena of our lives, but here's the thing. The arena is awesome, but you all, everyone in this room, we all need a place where everyone knows our name. And while we enjoy being in the arena, there has to be the place that we can go that, everybody, that every, everybody knows you differently, that they know a little bit about you. We need a place that everyone knows our name. And you say, well, why? Why do I need that? I could just show up to church, be in the arena, celebrate. I can give my tithe, I can do that kind of stuff. Well, the, the reason you need, you need more than just the arena is because that day is coming. Every one of us are gonna have that day that day we get the doctor's report, that day when we experience loss, that day when we experience grief. In those times, we need somebody that knows our name. We need somebody that notices when we're not there. Because when you're in the arena, everybody's there, everybody's having a good time, but if if no one knows your name, no one knows when you're not there. So we need, we need somebody to be in the arena that knows our name, that can say, hey, where is so-and-so? Let me check on so-and-so. They're not here today. I need them here today. They're important in God's plan. We, 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 we need more than just the arena part of our lives. We need, we need a place that someone knows our name. Somebody say amen. Second aspect of our life is, is what we'll call the mask. It's the mask, and we always, we, I think we talk negatively about you know you're wearing the mask, but let, let, let's be honest. We have to mask some stuff. Like there's certain parts of me only Carrie's gonna see, no pun intended, all right? I'm covering, I'm covering it up to you that, that there's only certain people I'm gonna allow see certain things. So I'm gonna mask certain parts of my life, and that's not a bad thing, because we don't need to be, we don't need to have everything exposed all the time. And so naturally, we'll, 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 we'll put on a mask. I've got a mask, I've got a mask. There's areas in my life that I know about that you don't know about, and you never will, all right? You're never, you're never, I'm never gonna let you in on those certain things. It's the secret part of my life. It's the private areas of this private side of my life. But the truth is this, we're not safe if no one knows. So while we're able to wear a mask in certain, in certain arenas, because we, we, can't, we can't just You know, put ourselves out there for everyone. There there, there are people that need to have us be able to see us without the mask. Because you're not safe if no one knows. I'll try to illustrate it like this. My dad and I went on a missions trip years back. I was really young. I don't even think I was married yet. Maybe I was. Was I married? Praise God. (laughs) Anyways, we went on a missions trip and what had happened is, is, is we, have, we, have, we have ministries in Ghana. You guys know we have churches that, that we, we sponsor in Ghana. Well, my dad and, and our church really has been going on mission trips to Ghana frequently uh, for, for, for many years. Matter of fact, we're taking another one next summer. So, so maybe plan on that now. Think about that a little bit now. But anyways, my dad was there one particular time and in Ghana there, in Ghana, there was a refugee camp that was housing Liberians. Liberia is a nation just one country over. And Liberia had been in this massive war, kind of what we're seeing going on in Afghanistan, similar was happening in Liberia, and people were fleeing for their safety. And so in Ghana, there was a refugee camp of about 5,000 people, maybe more. And my dad went to this refugee camp, and he did a crusade there. There's a picture that he has where he's, he's ministering to a sea of people. It's an incredible picture. But that night, the reason that picture's so important to my dad is that night, uh, someone in, 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 in that crusade who was unable to walk, who'd been paralyzed that everyone knew about, all of a sudden, he, without even being prayed for, he stood up and began to walk, exciting the entire, the entire crowd that was there, and also exciting my dad. My dad was just like, oh man, blown away. And, and uh, when my dad gets excited, he starts making promises. And so he's <laughs> preaching, and he's, he's going for, and he's like, I'm going to Liberia. We're gonna reach your people. And the people are like, oh, getting all excited. And, and so, so because my dad, he just will not lie. He, he just won't do it. So when, when Liberia was finally opened and new leadership was in place, as soon as that was in order, my dad's like, I have to go. I have to go. And so, I mean, how bad could it be? I've been to Ghana, super nice country. You know, it's a great spot and everything. Oh, it's 1115. I'm gonna have to hurry up. All right, so anyway, so, so uh, uh, I, I, where was I? Um, and you messed me up. Yeah, okay, so, so we're, we, we fly to Liberia, this place is war torn, it's jacked up, all right? And so we had made previous arrangements and so we were met at the airport by a UN representative. Yeah, full-blown, like, nice, you know, Range Rover-type car, UN on the side, walkie-talkie. And so, I mean, we felt pretty special. Like, this is amazing, like, falling around. Like, like well, oh, yeah, well, we're part of the UN, you know, and, and uh, we're, we're we're driving in his car. But what we found out, even though he's a UN rep- representative, he's corrupt. He's very corrupt. And so every checkpoint with those guys with the AK-47s, he's he's taking our money to get us through. And so literally, we're we're just... We're just, it's like this. We're just spending money, giving this guy all of our money. I mean, and, and all of a sudden we realize we're not gonna have enough to eat. And so all of a sudden I'm thinking, wait, not enough to eat? We gotta do something about this. And so, so it was the last day that we were there and I'm like, dad, let's ditch this guy. Let's ditch him. Like he's, he's nothing to us. Let's just get a taxi and go to the airport. Then we'll have some money. We'll be able to eat. And so I, my dad's like, that sounds like a good idea. So we stuff all of our stuff in this taxi. We get to the first checkpoint And and all of a sudden, the guys with the the guns are walking around the car, looking in, asked us for our passports, told us to get out of the car, took us behind a wall. I thought it was normal, like no big deal. Like we're just standing behind the wall and and my dad, I look at my dad, he's pale white. Like he's like, oh my God, I'm sorry, son. (laughs) Should have never done this. But thankfully, around that corner, right before they shot the gun, around the corner comes a guy that knew our name. And the reason we're here today is because somebody knew our name. We all need that. We need some, I know I'm probably, you guys can start playing, it's all right. I, we, all, we all need that in our lives. We need somebody that knows our name. There's a, gotta be somebody we can take the mask off and get real with. Are you, are you, are you with me today, amen. The third spot we need that, that, we, that we all have, the aspect of our life is the blind spot. And this is a spot in our life where I don't know, but you do. We all need people in our life to make us aware of blind spots because we're all gonna gonna have lunch someday and get a piece of spinach stuck in our teeth, and we're gonna walk around very confidently talking to everyone, and unless we have someone that says, hey, bro, (laughs) then we're gonna look like an idiot. And a lot of us, we have different areas in our lives, blind spots, blind spots. We need somebody that knows even if we don't know. We need someone to say, hey, man, that's not the way you talk to your wife. Hey, man, your attitude isn't right. You need to correct that attitude. This is this is how this is how you this is how you work a job. This is how you complete. It. We need somebody. Even we may not. Have, we may, may truly not know. We need someone who does know, that can speak into our lives. We all have the blind spot. We need someone that that, that maybe, maybe I don't know, but you do. Proverbs 27 says this, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Basically, the Bible's saying is the good guy, the guy you want in your life, the guy you want in your corner is the one that's gonna point out the spinach in your teeth, is the one that's gonna point out your blind spot. Not the guy that's gonna say, oh man, you're so cool, you're so awesome, you're so wonderful all the time, you're the best. We need someone that will point out the blind spots and not be afraid to have a hard conversation with us once in a while. The, the fourth aspect, this is the last one. I, I really want to settle in on here and we'll pray together this morning is, is we have that area in our life and we'll call it the potential. And the potential is that is that spot where I don't know and neither do you. So we have the arena I know and you know, right? We have the, the arena I know and you know. We have the, we have the um, I'm sorry, we have the mask is is... I know, but you don't. We have the blind spot where I don't know, but you do. But we have the potential that I don't know and neither do you. You see, only God knows the potential. How many many know that today? Only God knows the potential. In In order for my potential to be realized, only God knows what that looks like. You don't know what my potential is. I don't know what my potential is. I don't know your potential, I I have no idea. So, So maybe you're thinking today, well, how does fellowship or how does relationship, what does that have to do with my potential? Like if I don't know and you don't know, then what's the point? How can you even help me then? Only God knows. Well, here's the thing, only God knows, but his way of pulling out the best in you, God's way of pulling out your potential is in the context of relationships. Your potential is only realized in the context of other people. So they may not know what it looks like, but it's worked out when you have relationships with others. That's why God calls this thing that we're sitting in here today, he calls this the body of Christ. And we're not all just a bunch of parts, just kind of like thrown into a building. That's, that's not what we are today. This isn't just a bunch of parts kind of just laying here. No, the parts, the body of Christ, the parts come together to make a body. That's why it's so important to, for the hand to understand the wrist, and for the wrist to understand the forearm, the forearm to understand the bicep, the bicep to connect to the shoulder. Like, like in order for the body to work, to, in order, order for the body to do what its, it's potential, in order for, it to, for the body to find its potential, all the parts have to work together. Are you with me today? And so I don't know the potential that sits in this room, but I know that together we can experience it. I don't know the potential that you have, but I know that somehow, way, I play a small role in that, that I get to be a part of that in some way. And together we can experience what God, what God has for our lives. Our destiny is accomplished in relationship. It's in relationship. Ephesians four says this, that God makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Come on, you can see it right there. It's, it's, it's working together, it's us, it's, 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 it's a community that allows us to grow. In other words, I'm growing in connection with you. You're growing in connection, we're growing together. The body grows a, and accomplishes what God has for it to accomplish in the context of relationship. And so I'm here today to tell you that in every aspect of your life, every aspect, you need relationship. We need the arena. Aren't you grateful for the arena? This is the arena. This is the arena. You, you, you were able to see people get baptized. You don't even know their name until this morning. You didn't know their name until we brought them up on this stage, introduced them to you. But, but you weren't, It didn't stop you from celebrating and shouting and getting excited about it. We need the arena. I love the arena. I love the arena. Satan, were, Satan would even try to steal that. He'd try to take the arena from us. We need the arena. I love the arena, but we also need a place where everyone knows your name. You need a place that's not just a public side of you, but there's also a private side of you, and you need people in your life that know your name beyond the arena. You also need someone in your life that can protect you, that, 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 that knows you even without the mask that sees you beyond the mask, that, that, can, that can see past the mask. We, we need somebody that we can be vulnerable with, vulnerable with once in a while. We all have blind spots. I'm grateful for community because every one of us have a blind spot. It's an aspect of our life. We all have them. But I'm grateful that there's people in my life that can say, hey, Adam, that, that's not a good look for you hey Adam maybe you need to correct this thing or that thing in your life we all we all have blind spots we need people that, that can see those i don't know but they do and they can help me help me move forward amen we also need need people that can help us reach our full potential you'll never reach your full potential by yourself you need people you need relationship god we thank you today come on let's pray together thank you Come on, grab your neighbor right by the hand. Your husband, your wife, your friend, a brother, a sister. Come on, grab, draw them in close. God, thank you. Thank you for the body of Christ. Lord, you said in your word, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm grateful today, Lord, that you placed and you, you designed the church to fill a need that all of us have, the need for community. Lord, it's the it's, it's place that, Lord, that we can come and we can experience the arena. God, we love the arena. We love celebrating publicly. Lord, but it's also a place where someone knows our name, notices when we're not there. God, we're thankful today, Lord, God, that the church is a place that, that provides us relationships where we can remove the mask and we can be ourselves. Lord, that, that we, can, we can be vulnerable and we can work on the secret areas of our lives. And I'm thankful today that, that we have people that don't judge us for that. Lord, but help us and pray with us and encourage us and, and help us through it. Oh, I'm grateful today also, Lord, for the, the blind spots that all of us have, Lord, that, that in the church, you've placed people, Lord, with experience that can see something in our lives that maybe we don't even notice, that can guide us and direct us, and and with experience, lead us, Lord, to to, to where you have us to go. And I'm thankful for the potential that's in this room, the potential that only can be realized in, in, in relationship. Lord, would you breathe on us? Come on, ask the Lord. Lord, would you breathe on this body of believers? Lord, let every part come together. Let every part that's in this room, every, every, every necessary part that's in this room, help us to work together to become the body of Christ, Lord, and, and, and experience the potential you have for us. Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the church. Thank you for community. Thank you for friends and family and relationships. Lord, where would we be without these things in our life? Thank you for it lord in jesus name amen amen amen. you know you know i want to have them put that scan code back up on the screen now hopefully today i tried to i tried to channel my inner salesman try to try to make a case for relationship and i know there's many people here today you enjoy the arena of the church but you need more than that. This is one way that that can happen. It's not the only way. I mean, today you could you could go up to somebody and say, "Let's go out to lunch." You can you can begin to in, in relate. There's so many different ways that you can get into relationship. I'm definitely not saying that if you're, you're if you're not in an e-group, you're not in relationship. But this is one of the ways that you can find yourself walking in community. So many so many great e-groups we have. There's there's one that Richard's teaching. Richard and Hilda is called Following Jesus. It's a discipleship. Uh, small group. It's it's for those of you that maybe you've gotten saved, you've given your life to, to the Lord recently. It's an e-group that kind of walks you through the foundational the foundational beliefs of Christians. There's 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 marriage Bible studies. Matter of fact, I think Danny's teaching a Bible study through the book of Revelation. Because yeah, because the Bible says, if you read the book of Revelation, you'll be blessed. He says, I want to be blessed. Let's read the book of Revelation together. That's kind of what's going on. Home Bible studies. I know there's a family Bible study that Luis and April are doing with Johnny and Jen and a few others. It's a family Bible study, so so you can go and there's a there's a, there's an area that's going to be just for the adults, and then simultaneously to that there's going to be a, a Bible study happening in a different location in the same area, same house, same location, but for kids. What a what a what a cool idea that is! Amazing. There's there's ways for you to be in community. There's so many groups that we have available for you to be a part of. And I'm just encouraging you, I'm trying to make a case, get in fellowship, get in community. It's so important for your life, so important for your life. Amen, amen Bryn. amen. How about we sing a song, can we do that? Let's, let's, let's go out of here today with a shout. Let's go out of here with a shout today. Helen, let's go out of here with a shout today, come on. How many got a testimony in here? Let's sing testimony, come on. Can we do that, amen. Love you guys.
1: All right, well, Because we're closing this out today, if you just feel like, well, you know what, I I love community, we love community too, and one of the best ways we can do it is to commune together here at the front, worship God together. If you want to, come on, join with us. Let's sing it out. Come on. I saw Satan fall like lightning. Come on, is anybody out there? And I saw darkness run for cover. Oh, yeah. Come on, sing it. But the miracle that I just can't get over my name. Sing it. Sing, I believe. Come on. I believe in signs and wonders. Oh yes, I do. Come on. And I have resurrection power. Oh yeah. Still the miracle that I just can't get over. And my name is registered in heaven. My praise, yeah, my praise belongs to you forever. Oh, sing it out. This is my testimony. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous I'll testify the am together, together, if you're in a place where you like everything that you've you can identified, anything he said, I'm telling you right now, you have my own testimony. Pray to our Father. Our Father will provide you all your own prayers. It is his will. So together, together, we love you, church. I can't wait to see you next Sunday. I hope you have a great day. We love you. <clears throat>